0: Uh, My name is Bob Martin, I have the privilege of being lead pastor here at St. Paul, and again, let me just invite you in. We're we're in a series called Encounter, and we're we're encountering what it means to to come into the presence of Jesus. Uh, During the season of Lent, it's an opportunity for us to just empty ourselves, uh, empty ourselves and to have some real soulful, introspective um, results of trying to make sure and reconcile what God is doing in our lives. So this is a time and a season where I hope that you're confessing your sins. I hope that uh, that you're praying uh, for God's continued grace in your life. And today, we're going to talk about worry, and we're going to talk about um, encountering Jesus in those times where we just find ourselves worrying and, and what we're supposed to do. Uh, let me just share with you a, a story that was... Um, uh, something I, I, I thought of. And um, there was a burglar who was um, uh, thinking he was breaking into a house that was empty. It was late at night, there were no lights on. He breaks into a window, he goes inside of the house and he starts creeping through the first room. And in the midst of the darkness and in the midst of, of just no sound at all, he hears this voice scream out, Jesus is watching you. And the burglar is, is, is not sure what to do and he waits for a second and he listens intently, and, and there's no sound. And so he continues to make his walk into the house, moving inside of the living room, a vast room, and, and it's really dark again. And he stops, and he hears the voice say, Jesus is watching you. And now all of a sudden, he's perplexed, and, and he thought the house was empty. And and you know, when you, when you go into a, a dark space, your eyes begin to adjust. And so his eyes were adjusting, and there in a far corner of the room, he sees a birdcage, and he walks over to the birdcage, and inside of the cage is a parrot. And he looks at the parrot, and he says, are you the one talking to me? And the parrot says, yes. And the burglar kind of chuckles a little bit, and he says, oh, this is all right. He says, what's your name, Mr. Parrot? And the parrot says, my name is Clarence. And the burglar thinks for a second, he says, what idiot would name their parrot Clarence? And the parrot chimes back, the same idiot that named the Rottweiler Jesus that's standing behind you. Well, that guy had a lot to worry about, didn't he? And that's what we're gonna talk about today is how we, how we deal with that. Uh, did you know that worrying accomplishes nothing? Did you know that worrying also attributes to a lot of the illnesses that you and I might encounter every day? Because worry has an opportunity to take us out of what is reality of life. It takes us out of the life that God wants us to live and it spins us off into a direction that's not productive at all. Have you ever found yourself getting all worked up over something that you thought might happen? Like, um, I might not have enough time to study for my final exam. That's called worry. or or what if the what if the test results at the hospital come back negative? What will I do if I have an incurable disease? That's worry. You know, what will I do about this or that? We worry about things. And Jesus instructs us and says, be careful. Don't spend so much time thinking about worry. In fact, Jesus uh, points us in a direction, and, and what we learn about is, is that worrying is very passive. Worrying is, is something that, that is very passive, and yet it takes a lot of energy from us. Worry is something that can't accomplish a single thing. You can't worry yourself into a younger age. You, you can't worry yourself... Um, uh, uh, trying to get ahead in life. You can't worry and allow yourself to, to figure out your problems. Worry does nothing. It accomplishes nothing. And so Jesus says that, that worry can do only one thing, and that's to tear you apart. And that's why today it's important for us to encounter Jesus in the midst of a life filled with worries. Let's look at what Jesus has to say. We've been working out of Matthew's gospel, and I'm gonna take us to Matthew chapter 6. Uh, verses 25 through 27. Listen to what uh, Matthew records. Jesus is speaking here. Therefore I tell you, now look at these next words, do not worry, underline that, do not worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about what you'll eat or what you'll drink. Don't worry about your body. Don't worry about what you'll wear. It's not life more important than food. It's not life more important than than, um, clothes. But look at the birds of the air look at those birds. They don't sow or reap or or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now think about that. God takes care of the birds. God takes care of the flowers. God takes care of all the things that that we think are, are nice little things, but why won't we believe that God will take care of us? His most inclusive treasure the one in which he is empowered to have a soul created in his image, why wouldn't God take care of us? Jesus says, who of you by worrying can add one single hour to your life? Have you ever added time to your life through your worries? Jesus is, um, he's speaking to a community of new believers. And, and we have to understand that, that, that probably the audience that he was speaking to at this very moment, as Matthew records this in the gospel, is, is the Jewish community that, that are struggling. And, and these are the poorest of the poor. These are people who, who wonder every day, will they have a, a way to earn a, a wage? These are people wondering day to day, will they have food to, pay, to, uh, to feed their children? They're worrying day to day, will, will they have a roof over their head? They're worrying, and that's the reality of the life in which Jesus is speaking, and, and these people are struggling with this. And I think it's kind of interesting because you know, we say that they were struggling with those kind of things, but isn't that what many of us struggle with today? We struggle with this coronavirus, and we, we start thinking about the 3.2 million who, who are new files for unemployment, the greatest in our, in our history. We, we worry about that, we wonder about that. We're worrying about the stock market. We're worrying about paying our bills. As in the past, as in the present, Jesus speaks a very relevant message, doesn't he? And that message is that we need not to be worrying. The ironic thing is is that um, the disease of worry, it doesn't just affect the poor. It doesn't just affect those of us that struggle to make ends meet every day. It, it, it also affects those who are wealthy. It's, it, it, it affects the rich. In fact, you know, people have found out time and time again that money does not buy happiness, that money and treasure doesn't take care of all the problems in life, and that whether you have money or whether you don't have any money, you still are, are problematic in what you're dealing with, and you worry. So worry is a, it's a conscious act of, of choosing an ineffective method in dealing with life. And Jesus says quite emphatically, the birds don't worry, the, the flowers don't worry, so why are you? You know, what does worry do? I, I want to walk through a couple of things. Of, uh, what does worry do, do to me? What does worry do to you? What does worry do to us as we struggle with this? Here's the first thing, and that is worry drains us of our life's happiness. You know, Jesus asked the rhetorical question, who of you uh, worrying can add a day to your life? No, nobody can. And Jesus says that when we worry, it takes away from our happiness. Why? Because we, we focus on the unhappy. We focus on the problems rather than what solutions might come. Worry blurs our vision, and and what it does is it takes our eyes off of Jesus. Now, some would say that that's a form of idolatry because idolatry, if we were to really define that, idolatry would be where we take our eyes off of God, where we take our eyes off of Jesus, and we put our vision and our focus on something else. So instead of expecting God to deliver, instead of expecting Jesus to be there with us in our greatest time of trouble, we take that on to ourselves. And listen, when we take it on ourselves to solve our problems, it is idolatry. Because we're, we're exempting God from the solutions. We're exempting God from, from being a part of our life and in, in helping us to solve and to deal with the dilemmas in which we were a part. Warren Wiersbe uh, wrote to some seminarians. He he was speaking to a group of seminarians, those that were studying to be pastors and and church leaders. And And he said these words. He says, it's often said that we are continually being crucified between two thieves, the regrets of yesterday and the worries of tomorrow. So do you find yourself regretting what happened yesterday? Do you find yourself worrying about what might happen tomorrow? Those are the two thieves that we find ourselves crucified in between, according to Wiersbe, When we take our eyes off of Jesus, we're, we're, we're not being responsible. And Chuck Swindoll, a great Christian writer that had a lot impact his life, Swindoll gives us some words of wisdom where he says that, that quit watching and observing the other things of the world and quit, quit taking your eyes off of Jesus and focusing on that. Instead, focus on Jesus and take your eyes off of everything else. Here's what he writes. Stop reading only the grim sections of the newspaper. Watch less television and start reading more books that bring a smile instead of a frown. I'd say start listening to some more of Pastor Bob's jokes. That might bring a smile. Locate a few acquaintances who, who will help you laugh more at life. Ideally, find Christian friends who see life through Christ's eyes, which in itself is more encouraging. Have fun together. And then he ends by saying, affirm one another. Have fun together, affirm one another. Just think of what the difference would be if instead of worrying, we sent words of affirmation to one another, that we sent words of inclusiveness to that. So this morning, Jesus asked this rhetorical question. He says, um, is not life more important than food and, and the body more important than clothes? I mean, putting it in today's perspective, is not life more important than toilet paper? Is not life more important than um, hand wipes and, and sanitary uh, kinds of uh, soaps and stuff. Of course, it is. Life is the most important thing. And Jesus instructs his followers to say yes to that. But again, he's talking to the poor. Now, these are the people that, that worried and wondered would they have enough? Would they be able to deal with life struggles? And Jesus enters into their life and he addresses all of these. He enters into their life and he comes into their presence. And this is what I love about those that that really find themselves in a bind. When you've got nowhere else to turn, we somehow find, find our way to turn to Jesus. And when we turn to Jesus, we find out that whatever the challenge or the problem or the circumstances or whatever is perplexing us, that it all changes because Jesus puts a different view on what we have. Jesus promises to walk with us He promises to get us through the challenges that we see in life. So what's the million-dollar question this morning? The million-dollar question is this. Can I really live a worry-free life? And according to God, according to Jesus, you can. Because all things are not only possible with Jesus, not all things are only possible with God, but they're guaranteed. And that's something that we need to see. They're guaranteed. Listen to what the Apostle Paul said Um, as he's writing to a a group of new believers in a little area called Philippi. And the Philippian people are really struggling. Remember, this is a new church that's uh, trying to have encouragement. It's dealing with lots of different kinds of, of forces and challenges in its community around it. And they're struggling, they're worrying. And Paul is writing to them. And listen to the words that he says. He says, do not worry about anything. Instead, what does he say? Pray about what? Pray about everything. So quit worrying about things and pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank God for all that he has done. You know, sometimes I think it's easy for us to forget that. We want to tell God what what we need. We want to tell God about our problems. We want to tell God what we need. Let's not forget to thank God. Give thanks to your heavenly Father. For what God has done, is done, doing, and continues to do in your life. Paul says if you do this, you'll experience God's peace, which is far more wonderful than the human mind can understand. His peace, Paul says, will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. I said a second ago that, that this was a really important message for the, for the people of Philippi. Why? Well, because preachers were, were looking for their own self-interests. You had church people who were, who were ready to cause a schism, a split in the church if they didn't get their own way. You had others who, who were false teachers, and they were, they were saying that you could have faith in God without the cross. You see, they, they had their own share of problems. They had their own share of things that were happening. And they said, you know, it's important to believe. And then you had this last group that, that thought, when I become a believer of Jesus, Nothing's supposed to go wrong anymore because aren't I supposed to be happy as a Christian? Well, yes, we are to be happy. And that happiness that I said earlier, uh, earlier in the week is called joy. And that joy cannot be taken away. But nowhere does Jesus say by following him that we'll be exempt from the challenges of life. No longer, nowhere in the Bible does, does Jesus say that by being my disciple, you'll be exempt from all the things that can happen. But what he does promise us is that when we abide in him and he in us, that it's inseparable. That what Jesus offers is his perpetual presence and strength to get us through those kinds of things. And that's why God says, do not worry about anything. Sarcastically, I I think we hear that line, don't worry about anything in Matthew 6. And some of us might think, you know, yeah, right, yeah, okay, sure, Jesus. But what does he mean by that? He literally means, do not worry about anything. He says, quit looking at the problem and look at me. Put your eyes on me and see. You see, think about it. You know, When was the last time that, that your worries solved the problem that you were dealing with? When was the last time that your worries got you out of debt? When was the last time that your worries fixed a problem that might occur in your life? Never, and that's why it's important that we abide in this. Jesus continues to say in Matthew twenty six twenty eight. 28, and why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies and how they grow. They don't work or make clothing, yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for these flowers that are here today and gone tomorrow, won't he more surely care for you? Oh, you of little faith. You want to worry less? then pray more. Instead of looking at the problem, forward at the problem, look up for the solution. Ask God's guidance and peace to get you where you need to be. Jesus said that we are to continuously be in prayer. Paul says that that we are to devote ourselves to prayer and to be alert in mind and have a thankful heart. James says if anyone has a need, let them pray about that need and know that God will provide. Well, some of you are facing some giants in your life right now, and I'd be a fool to think that you aren't, but let me just reassure you, worrying about it isn't gonna solve anything. Take that energy that you have in worry and instead put it into your relationship with God. Instead of facing a problem out of worry, look up and face it with strength in Jesus Christ. Christian writer and preacher Max Lucado um, tells us about some very important things as he writes about Matthew chapter 6, verse 34. And Lucado puts it this way. Lucado says that, that instead of saying that we can't deal with things, Lucado says, let's remind ourselves that we can deal with all things, especially in Christ. And to remember that instead of worrying about something, to rest solely in the fact that when something happens, God will give us the strength to get through. He says in one example, a wife who was saying, I don't know what I'll do if my husband dies. He says, you will when the time comes. Another says, well, I can't think of what the day will be like when my children move out and I I probably are gonna feel all alone. And the says, when the day comes, you'll know then. Some are struggling, am I gonna contract this coronavirus? Well, you'll know how to deal with it when the day comes. And that's the assurance that Lucado says. According to Lucado, he says, meet today's problems with today's strength. Don't try to tap into tomorrow's strength to meet today's problems, but meet today's problems with today's strength. Tomorrow, the problems will come. They're sure to come. God will give you the strength tomorrow to deal with the problems of tomorrow. Do not worry, Jesus says. You have enough for today. I believe that um, that one of the most important things that we can understand in all this is to know that worry will not do us any good. You and I must do our best to fight that desire to worry and to let it go and to give it to God and to trust that our Heavenly Father, our Savior, will care for it. The point being is is that whatever it is you worry about, 99% isn't gonna happen. How do I know that? The great theologian, Lily Tomlin, told us that. It's a joke, folks. But anyway, 99% of what you worry about will never happen. So whether you're weak or you're strong, Jesus is teaching us something really important today, and that is quit leaving your eyes on your worries and instead put your eyes on Jesus. Don't give me worry, but give me Jesus, and all will be well.